greatest thy faithfulness, amazing grace.
Amen. Be seated, church. Would you pray with me this morning? And while you're in an attitude of prayer, I'll remind you. Good Sunday morning, church. It's great to be in your house this morning, Father. It's great to see blue skies and feel the freshness on our face. It reminds me that you're in control of all things. Thank you for the beauty of the birds we see on this chilly morning. Thank you for the brothers and sisters who have come into your house this day. Father, we come to draw closer to you. We come to hear your living word. We come to be revived. We come seeking forgiveness. We come looking for your amazing grace. Open up our hearing this day to your scriptures, Father, that for us they may be life-changing. And when we leave the sanctuary this morning that we know without a doubt we've encountered the Holy One, the living Christ. We praise you and we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. What's that? Good Sunday morning, church. There you go, Ken. And Ken, I don't know if it was you or Judy, but yes, I did go through that ice cream carton and eat every cherry that was in it. I'm sure you did. And I apologize about not bringing you the cake. Fruit is good for us, especially when you get to a certain age to have such problems. Just a couple activities this week. Uh, uh, later on in the week, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday or Friday, uh, I'll be out of town for a couple days, so uh, I will have my cell phone if there's an emergency. Uh, George Emmy Snuggle Blanket, if you haven't come out to uh, help tie blankets on the 26th of January at 10 o'clock, we're going to tie some more blankets. Uh, it's a good thing, but it's a sad thing that uh, we gather and we get all these blankets tied and they start disappearing. And they disappear because you know someone or I know someone with cancer. And that's where they go. So until the Lord returns, it will be an ongoing ministry. Any announcements from any of you this morning? Young disciples. Good morning. So tell me, who knows what a routine is? You have one every morning. What's a routine? Something that me and Lily don't follow. <laughs> something you and Lily don't follow. A routine is a regular way of doing something over and over and over again, right? Something apparently you two don't follow. So, you know, they say that if you do something for 21 days in a row that it becomes a habit or routine. Like, what can you think of would be like 
doing something 21 days in a row. Like making your bed, brushing your teeth, cleaning your teeth. Can you think of anything else? Oreos and milk for 21 days in a row, that would become a habit, which we have finally ingrained into our life, haven't we, Pastor? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So do you guys, do you have a routine? Oh, all right, you already told me that you don't follow routines, right? I write it down on a paper and then I check it off in the morning. What's that? I do it every week. I brush, I have breakfast brush my hair, and brush my teeth. Every morning, that's a routine. So how does this sound to you? Because this sounds like how our household went, usually because I am a morning person, and I can be chipper and happy in the morning whether you like it or not. So in the kitchen, in walks one kid. We have four children. Good morning. How'd you sleep? Love you. And then the next one will come down. Good morning. I love you. How did you sleep? Okay. Here's your breakfast. And then they we trudge upstairs, brush their teeth, get dressed, comb their hair, come back downstairs, say goodbye. Love you. Have a good day. Sometimes they would get on a bus, and sometimes a friend would pick them up, and sometimes I would take them. But either way, they were headed to school, like it or not. Every day, except for the weekend. Every day. That is a routine where you get up, you get your breakfast, you brush your teeth, you go to school, or, or wherever you go. Go to school, get to school, do your work, eat lunch, have recess, come home, go in the house, have a snack, do your homework, eat dinner, and go to bed day after day after day, right? Well, showers are optional. (laughs) Brushing your teeth, you should do all of the time. So it just made me lose my place. (laughs) Adults have the similar thing that happens to them, but they are trudging off to work. Does anybody have a routine out there? Oh, I don't have a routine. Every day is different for me, huh? (laughs) Pretty much we have a routine, whether, you know, and routines aren't bad to have, but but what if instead of instead of being cranky about having a routine, what if instead you got up, you said hello to your mom and your dad, and you said, I love you, mom and dad. It's so good to see you this morning. And you did everything with a smile on your face, and you jumped on that school bus car or in walk to school. And you were happy about it. You had joy. You had anticipation of what the day could bring you. What would you think about that? That doesn't matter because you're going to change. Instead of doing what you normally do, being a about it, you're going to have joy, anticipation, and you want to get up and see what the day can bring because you're excited about the possibilities that it could bring. You have to make that choice to do that. Not just live in your grumpy rut. You got to make that choice to do that. Don't you think that would be a good thing to do? 
I do, and guess what? Even if you do that, guess what? Your routine's probably going to be the same. You've just changed yourself about what you're about to do. Instead of being grumpy, you're saying, guess what? Today's full of a lot of possibilities. It could be a great day, it could be a fine day, it could be a good day, or it could be a hot day. But I am going to be excited about it. Right? Right? That is my attitude in life. Well, at least I try because I do get up grumpy sometimes. I can see Pastor Pat, my eyes behind my head, or these eyes right here. <laughs> Sometimes our dog wakes me up at 2 in the morning to go out, then at 4 in the morning to go out, then at 6 in the morning to go out. And I have to admit, it's really hard to put on that happy face. But by the time I go downstairs and come back up, I'm usually in a decent mood. But that's our, just our little dog this big. He's just little. So... So some people would say being in routine is like being in a rut. You're just going through the motions of life. But if you change that and you put some anticipation of the wonderful things that could happen that day, your whole attitude will change. And the day, even though it may not be the best darn day ever, it still could be a good day. And I had this thought, because we're just talking about life, right? All of us can probably think of that and use it to ourselves and think, yeah, yeah, that could be right. Getting up and going to work and going to school and doing that. It's a routine. I'm kind of tired of it. And I got a down attitude. And if we change it, it might still be the same day, but it would be better. And I thought of this. Here comes the rest of the story. What if we took that happy, joyful, anticipatory energy and applied it to church and to Jesus. Right? Right. Let's pray. Ready? Repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Oh, come on. Dear Jesus. Oh, come on, get out of that rut and be excited and anticipatory and have joy in your voice. Thank you for. Thank you for. <laughs> Thank you for love. Joy, Joy. peace, excitement, Excitement. and brushing our teeth every single day for the rest of our lives. Amen. Thank you, silly kids. Ready to get up? I can't believe you make her take the dogs out. What's that? I can't believe you make your wife take the dogs out in the morning. I don't make her do anything. Well, you're normally up. I figured you'd volunteer. What's that? You're normally up at those times. I figured you would volunteer. Well, I do it in the month of September when we're on vacation. That's when it's my turn. <laughs> it's not my choice. The dogs have chosen that they'll wake her up, not me. They're this big. All you have to do is pick them up. <laughs> you know, one's three pounds, one's five pounds. They... When I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. I don't sleep much, but when I'm out, I'm out. But they pick her. Yeah, they pick me. I am blessed. Maybe they think you're 
There are times I am grumpy. Absolutely, I'd be the first to admit that. I used to get up early in the morning by myself. Then she started getting up early too. Singing, whistling, happy. And I said one time, I said, could you just be quiet for a minute? And she said to me, well, excuse me for being happy. So I've learned to keep my mouth shut on most occasions. <laughs> on most occasions. <laughs> uh, she did think that was funny. So, so there's times that she wants to come to church with me early in the morning when I come during the week. And, you know, me and Mary Lou, we have a, a routine. When we get here, we just talk to the Lord. There is no speaking to each other for a while. But when we walk in the door and she's singing and whistling, and God is good. And all the time. That's how I'm getting out of that one. Say that again. Sometimes it is. But sometimes we have to speak. You guys, I love you. Share joy. Who's got, who's got a joy? He's coming, Mary. I just think it was an absolutely gorgeous drive here with all the frost. If you get out of town and going towards Yale, it's everything's got really thick frost. The woods are white, everything. So beautiful creation. Amen. Who else has a joy? We had a new grandbaby on November 29th. It's been a long time. She's not brand new anymore, but um, Chloe Kate Hoyt is her name, and we're very glad about that. We're glad to be over COVID. We only had it once, but we were exposed again. That's why we didn't come back So, a couple times. So we didn't want to give all y'all any of that. I just want to say thank you to any of the ladies who made cookies for our tree lighting. We only had a couple little glitches, but next year, hopefully, bigger and better. Thank you. Who else? Then share your prayer concerns. Uh, I'd like you to extend the prayers to Bob and Gail in Kentucky. Gail has, I told you before, she has lymphedema in her. Now she has it in both legs, and she's really in a lot of pain. Uh, thank you. I would like prayers for my daughter-in-law, Carolyn. Um, she is in Covenant, Saginaw, with heart issues. And a young lady, 63, with heart issues. Well, I, I lost uh, the second goose now, disappeared, so now we don't have any geese. But I wanted to add uh, the snuggle blanket thing. Um, I've gotten a lot of people telling me how much they appreciate it, love it, and it's the best thing they ever they got. So I just want to mm -hmm. let you guys know. And I would be there if I could. i got to work. I would love to help. We gave a snuggle blanket one time to the director of... Meals on Wheels in Yale, Sue Dumas. 
Her and her husband both had cancer. But they'd get ready to go somewhere. They'd be in a vehicle, and Sue would say, wait a minute, i got to go in the house. And she'd go in the house, and she'd bring her blanket with her. And her husband said to her one day, can't we go anywhere without Pastor Pat? But those blankets mean so much to people. Yeah, amen. Amen. Anyone else before we talk to the Father? Any other prayer concerns? Any other joys? Let's talk to the Father. We lift up Kim Evans to you this morning, Father. Having some complications from COVID. Lift up Ruthie Jenkins to you and thank you that her symptoms were minor as she recovers. Give Karen Eklund grace and wisdom and peace this morning as she has all five of those little ones. We lift up unspoken requests, Father. We lift up Carolyn to you and the issues going on with her heart. We lift up Gail and Bob to you down in Kentucky. Father, thank you for the privilege that you give us eyes to see your creation. It's pretty chilly out. There's folks without shelter. Remind us that we are our brother and sister's keeper, Father. To help how we can, when we can, as often as we can. Father, thank you for the blessing of Project Blessing. Thank you for each one gathered in your sanctuary this morning. And for those brothers and sisters watching by Facebook Live or YouTube or listening to the radio this morning, we ask your blessing upon them. Lord, we lift up our health care workers and our first responders. We lift up our educators. Father, that you might put an unsaved person in our vision. 
and that you might give us the words and the opportunity to minister to them. Lift up Cindy Rugenstein's family at the loss of her brother. But thank you for those opportunities to plant seeds. Lift up little Grady to you and his family. Father, we know things happen. Sometimes we don't understand why we wait so long. But the king is still on the throne. Miracles still happen. I met a young lady the other night that said she was going to a revival. Lord, I believe we need to revive her. We need that relationship with you. Father, there may be sin in our life because we're born into sin. Let us confess it before you this day. Think of Wilma this morning. Think of Dr. Jim and Tammy and Jace. Think of those who are homebound. There's so much of your work to be done. Father, thank you for the opportunity to meet Dennis the other day and the beautiful creatures you have in his kennel thank you for the fellowship we had the other night just for a moment the world stood still It's good to be in your house this day, Father. Lord, that you might hear us as we pray, as we pray our Father. Ushers, if you would gather.
Father, we give you praise and thanks that our glass is always overflowing with your goodness and your mercy. Father, we gather tithes, we bring gifts and offerings, and the brothers lay them at the altar, and we ask your blessing upon them, Father. You might touch them, multiply them, and allow us to continue to be your church. We have called us to go into the world and make disciples, changing lives one at a time. To God be the glory. Amen. Junior Church. Wait until he gets in his teen years and he's in the sports. <laughs> and they don't think they need a shower. <laughs> you were right, Lonnie. He's a better amen section than you are. When I first got here, uh, to Brown City United Methodist Church. I found a letter in my drawer in my office, and it was a letter written by George Emmy. And I went and introduced myself to George. And a, a short time later, uh, cancer overtook his body, and he was in the hospital. Uh, when, I, when I went to see him in the hospital, he was comatose. So I thought. Uh, I spoke with him. I anointed him and I prayed over him. And then I left. Uh, the next day I talked to his son. And I said, well, I, I went and visited your dad, but I don't think he knew I was there because he was comatose. He said, Pastor, he knew you were there. He heard you because he told me your conversation." So I, I tell you that for the ministry that you did the other day, sir. Uh, we never know. God's plan is not our plan, uh, but his plan's better than ours. So I, I thank you for doing what you did. We're going to have fun with this one. <laughs> Which is true which is false. Back it up for a minute, would you? Matthew 7, 15 through 23. Starting with 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my heavenly Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Which is true, which is false. We're living in a time where there's a lot of false information out there to the world. I appreciate Karen talking about routine this morning. Or if routine becomes habit. About your time in the Word. About your time talking to the Father. Now I know I'm opening up a can of worms when I say this, but uh, I'm a, I love to fish. So I'm going to go there anyways. I read an article the other day that talked about if you get fully vaccinated and you get your boosters and if you wear your mask, you're going to save people. I'm here to testify that there's only one that can save people, and that's Jesus Christ. It's good to get vaccinated if that's what you choose to do. It's good to wear a mask if that's what you choose to do. It's good to social distance if you choose to do that. None of that's going to save you. Uh, we have seemed to forget that people are still dying from cancer every day. Uh, people are getting shot and stabbed every day. People are getting in car accidents every day. People are losing their lives every day. None of that has changed in the last almost two years. We don't hear a lot about that anymore. Bless you. But I think what uh, we don't hear enough of in these days, and there are pastors included in this category, they're not preaching the truth. Only Jesus Christ can save you, period. There's no gray area, none whatsoever. I wonder this morning if you're worried about things in your life. Anybody worried about anything? I see some heads nodding. First Peter 5 and 7. Give your anxiety, give your worries to God. Did the garbage bag sermon. Almost everywhere I've been. Literally dragging garbage bags with me. And they all represent something in our lives. And some of you are carrying some garbage in your life. And you need to drag those, that garbage to the Lord. And you need to give it to him. And you need to leave it with him. I remember uh, Pastor Phil from 
United Brethren Church in Grayling. I had the privilege to uh, speak there on Easter. One year we were doing ecumenical services. And I thought it would be a good time uh, to, when we spoke on the resurrection to also speak on the garbage that we have in our life to bring it on Easter morning and, and give it to God. And I dragged in like seven or eight big garbage bags. And I think about four or five days later, he called me up and he said, hey, are you ever going to come and get your garbage? I said, no, brother. I said, I looked at it, it's your church. I said, you take care of it. But we have a habit of wanting God to do things for us, but we don't let him do it. We only let him have it a little bit, and then we want to bring it up and we want to talk about it again. We want to dwell on it. We want to lose sleep over it. Give your anxiety to God and leave it there. And that's the truth. You can come to me with your issues, and a lot have. And the only thing I can do is pray for you. I can listen and pray. Only God can fix it for you. And that's what Philippians 4 and 6 says. If you're worried, you have anxieties, pray about it. Believe me, church. I spend a lot, I spend a lot of time in prayer. And something that I've prayed a lot on is keep your mouth shut. And that's not easy for me to do. It's not. I've gotten better at it over time, but it's because God has helped me control my tongue and the things I want to say. Isaiah 41 and 10, when you're feeling worried, you have anxiety. Rely on God's strength. There was a time I could pick up a 350 engine block off of the ground and set it on the back of a pickup truck. And then I had open heart surgery. And then I had nine other heart surgeries. Now I have a, you know, Brother Ken, bless his heart. He didn't get me just one pillow. He got me two pillows. Because there's days when the knees don't work because of the arthritis, it's hard to get up. But praise God that I got a body that still aches. And one day we'll get a new body that won't ache. Because God's in control of all things. God's in control of every part of your life if you allow him to be. And then Proverbs 3 and 5. When you're anxious and you're worried, can you trust God for his wisdom and his grace? He won't fail you. He won't disappoint you. See, there's some, some things that are true and some things that aren't true. man said to me not long ago, I want you to save me, Pastor. I'm wise enough to know that I can't save anybody. That only Jesus Christ can save you. We can help, we can lead, we can preach, we can love, but only Jesus Christ can save you. And then from Romans 8 and 31, because this crazy world we live in, if God is for us, who can be against you? I, I, I love being pastor. I don't know if I love so much being Facebook Live and YouTube Live and on the radio and on podcasts and the fact that they're hearing us in another country. That sort of scares me. I'm a person to person person. I need to look you in the eye. I need to shake your hand. I need to wrap my arms around you and love you and hug you. But the world is trying to make the church, the body of believers, adjust to the way of the world. And that's not the truth. That is wrong. 
We need to adjust our life to be the best example of Jesus Christ that we can be to the world because the world's hurting. I wonder if you fit into this category from Genesis 22, 1 and 2. Do you listen? Our sister shared this morning the beauty of the earth. She saw it with her eyes. We can hear it with our ears. You can hear the Father if you seriously listen. But we get in the habit where I want to be in control of all things. And that's not right. Revelations 2 and 29. Hearing requires a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to know who he is in order to hear him. And 1 Samuel 15 and 22, it requires readiness that when he speaks, you listen and then you respond. I, I found it interesting not long ago when I had a sermon prepared. Come here. Hear that nudge. Hear that voice. So Sunday we prayed for Amanda and Grady. And we prayed for her and the educators. When God speaks, please respond. Please respond. Interesting thing about our humanness, I guess we do get used to routines and doing the same thing because one didn't like the fact that they didn't get a prepared sermon that day. And that's okay. We all have our opinions. To me, that was one of the best sermons I've ever given. Because God said, lay hands on him, and we did, and we prayed for him. And we prayed for the educators. That's what's important, that when God speaks to us, we respond to God. Not worried about you might be offended. If I offend you, you're going to know about it. <laughs> Hope it's not too bad. Because I don't like to offend people I love. Genesis 22, 3 through 5. You must surrender your heart. That's so hard to do. If you're like me, I like to be in control. Sort of. Sort of. I like to be a follower. Sort of. I like to be a leader. Sort of. I like to be in a group of body of believers where we have the same thing in common. And that's Jesus Christ as our Savior. But not every reality is not everybody gathers in church as a born-again believer. But while we have breath, we still have time. But we need to be willing to surrender. Some think you can only do it right if you do it my way. That's not true. I want to trust him today. I'm going to trust him tomorrow. I trust him with my past because he's cleaned up my past. And I want to trust him with my future. Only him. He has ultimate control over all of us. He whispers your name and your time on this earth is done. 
And there's not a thing you can do about it. There's not a thing that the medical profession can do about it. When Jesus says, come on to me, you're done. And if he whispers that to you today and you're not prepared, if you're not ready to meet him, he's going to say, depart from me. I know you not. Wouldn't you rather be ready for when that day comes? First Chronicles 16 and 11. Look to the Lord and his strength. He'll give you strength. When you feel defeated, he will give you strength. When you've lost your way, he will be your lighthouse. He will guide you back. He's saying to somebody this morning, be patient. You say, my timing is perfect. I have something bigger for you than you could even imagine that's going to take place in your life. Because only God can do that. And that's the truth. That's truth. He's also saying to somebody that this is going to be the best year. He's going to make you stronger than you've ever been. He's going to meet you at your point of need. But we have to come to this point of uh, self-surrender. We need to come to this point where we have a listening ear. I have this affliction. I like a good cigar. And believe me, over time I have heard everything about why a pastor shouldn't be smoking a cigar. Uh, my response is, well, that's one vice that God has not convicted me of yet. But when he does, I will stop. But until he does, I won't. And I know people think that we are held to a higher standard. It started with a little swisher sweet during fish camp years and years ago. And I haven't heard him say, stop. I was a drug addict and a drunk for 20-some years, and God delivered it. Delivered me. Bam, that was it. Supervisor in the school district couldn't get a job. You know, when you put on your, your resume that you were fired because you were a cocaine addict and a, and a drunk, it's hard to get a job. It really is. But God's got a great sense of humor. 109 job applications. That's a lot. And what did God do? Sacred Heart Rehabilitation Center in Memphis, Michigan. That wasn't my plan. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. Went and had my first interview with Gary Williams. Got called back for a second interview. I thought, hey, I got half a chance here. Got there, stopped in the driveway, had one of those pity me moments. You ever have one of those poor pity me moments? Got out of the truck and sat on the hood of the car and screamed at God. Couldn't pay my rent, couldn't buy groceries, car's going to get repossessed. I was desperate. Going for my interview. Mr. Williams asked me this, because it's right there. I wasn't hiding nothing. He said, why should I give you the job when I know where you've come from and what you've done? And I looked at him and I said, 
Mr. Williams? I said, God told me I'm going to get this job, and there's not a thing you can do to stop God. He opens up his door, he pulls out a set of keys, puts them on the table, and slides them to me. He says, you start tomorrow, because I believe what God says. I won't question God. When God tells you something, he's going to do it. When man tells you something, you may be disappointed. God will never disappoint you. How's your relationship with God this morning, church? I hope and I pray that he meets you at every point of need in your life. I hope and I pray that you will surrender him. Now, be honest with this question. I want you to respond to this. Maybe if it needs to go up a little bit. How many of you are hard-headed? Some hands went right up there. Some just go up a little bit. How many like to do it your way? (laughs) I love that one. Why don't we give it to God and do it his way? Give it to God and experience a peace that we can't even comprehend why it happens. I'm going to go way sidetracked for a minute. I had this big black Newfoundland that probably came into my life when I needed him the most because I had a broken heart. And God provided this 180-pound goofy dog. He had a big old blockhead. We'd go to the bank together, and if, if, there, if there was a car in front of us, he'd start howling and whining. He'd start slobbering and shake his head, and slobber would go everywhere. And then he, he died many years later. And uh, a part of me died with him. And this lady in the church found this little, this little dog that we have now, Mosephus. Mosephus is named after Bocephus, who is Hank Williams' son, Bocephus. He's a three-pound dog. If you've met him, you love him. But I've always missed a big dog. So I saw this advertisement on the Facebook for these uh, county corsos. It's a huge dog. They got big heads. Big bodies, and they're beautiful dogs. Well, the other morning I said, we're going for a ride. Drove over to Vassar and get there an hour early, so I'm knocking on the door, and the guy's inside. Who's there? You're early. You're not supposed to be here yet. Well, I'm here now. And he takes us into his kennel, and there's 10 of these huge dogs. They were the most behaved creatures I've ever seen in my life. And I thought if we could be that way, if we could greet strangers with love, greet each other with love, and just bring joy to someone's life. So Mr. Dennis is his name. He went into the kennel and 
As soon as he'd walk into the cage, the dog would sit right down and let him put his vest on and he'd come out. He didn't come out to knock you over. He didn't come over to jump on you. He came out and he would sit next to you and he would, he would love you. And he did it three times and each dog came out and they loved us. That's what we need to be. <laughs> we the church, we need to be like that. We need to love each other unconditionally. Just like that. If the world was different, I don't have $3,000 to pay for a dog, so it was just nice to go visit. And I'm not comparing you to dogs either, okay? He compares us to sheeps and goats, so I won't compare you to a dog. All I want to be is... I did that one time at the courthouse up in Sandusky, a national day of prayer and, and one of the judges come out because I yelled Jesus like that for as long as I could say Jesus and the judge come out and told me you can't speak that way here on the courthouse lawn I said yes I can and I did it again right in his ear that's our amen section this morning your attitude should be that of Christ let's pray Thank you, Father. Thank you for the simple things. Trees that glisten. Dogs that make us smile. And human beings that surrender to the truth. Because the truth will set us free. Nothing but Jesus can set us free. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Because he lives, church. His son.
Uh, if you had purchased a poinsettia today, it would be a good day uh, take them home with you. And I, I'm not sure if this is going to amount to anything. Uh, but I saw a posting the other day about uh, Fellowship Bible Church taking on Brown City Missionary Church in a basketball game. So I sent Pastor Mike and Pastor Dave a response to that, that uh, the Brown City Methodist Church wants in on that. Uh, <laughs> And it can be a girl. Yeah, I apologize. Yes. I came from the 70s. I should know. Yes. <laughs> and I think Lonnie came from... Long time ago. Long time ago. But you can still play basketball. Long time ago. Long time ago? I'm always up for a challenge. I can barely walk some days back and play basketball. Yes. I talked to Shirley McMahon a couple of days ago. Her brother passed away. And I thought, she said she's great. She no longer has a car, you know, and her, her children come and get her a couple of times a week for dinner. But she's pretty well alone. And I thought it'd be nice if we contact. She moved to Florida. Do we have her address? Yes. We will see that that gets done. Thank you for that. Pray. Lord, I still believe in miracles. So it's always good to have a challenge to a brother or sister in Christ. This is where my faith really comes into action, Lord. We've got some young people here. We've got some old people here. We've got some in between here. We just want to let our light shine. So, Father, open up that door for us. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house today, to hear your word, to share your word, to apply it to our life. Now, as we leave the sanctuary this morning, we thank you, Savior. God bless you, church, and may God continue to bless America. Amen.